Welcome everyone to the From Experience podcast, where we hope you learn from other successful people's experiences. I'm Thomas Meister, co-host of the podcast, here with the amazing, incredible Eric Peterson. How are you, Eric? I'm fantastic, Tom. Thanks for asking. How are you? Oh, I'm amazing. Except that I'm just drowning in work this week because we were at the conference last week and there's just so much now happening in the mortgage industry. It's crazy, but yeah. So today we're here with uh, Kenny Simpson. So Kenny and I met at the Forward event, Neil Dingro's Forward event in Las Vegas. And I quickly realized, holy shit, this guy does a lot of things and he, he does them at a really high level. So Kenny is not only uh, an investor, but he is a loan originator and runs his own podcast. And Kenny, you're coming, you're in the process of developing uh, an investing course. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Dang. So I'm excited to, to get into the topic today. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to grow your your wealth through not only investing, but to really help with a mind shift. Because I think that there's a lot of people where, you know, Kenny, we were talking a little bit backstage, so to speak. I think that people, whether it's investing, right, kind of holding back and waiting for something, or it's real estate, there's definitely a mind shift that has to happen, which maybe it's even maturity. It could be a maturity thing, right? Like you have to get yeah, the knowledge sure. to do those things. So really quickly, if you wouldn't mind sharing maybe a little bit of your personal journey for anyone who doesn't know you, how did you get into what 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 line of work did you get into first? Because I'd be interested to know that. Did you get into investing or origination first? And then how did it kind of evolve into where you are today? Yeah. So thanks for having me guys. Excited to be on. So I got into the real estate uh, mortgage industry. Um, friends were making money, called a buddy, said, can I come join you? And he actually kind of, we kind of called each other at the same time, which was random, literally weird story. Um, I left him a message and he didn't know I left the message. He literally called me and said, do you want to come work with me? And I was like, did you get my message? He said, no. So I started off in the mortgage business as a processor because um, that's when we need help. Oh, and then qu quickly we grew into originator branch. And then, you know, fast forward today, um, you know, on my own with my own team. But I started mortgage first and then we started to um, and I, I bought some property before the crash and. You know, like everybody like hung on to a couple of the things, but they didn't do great. I didn't really understand investing and really what it meant. And then when I got it with my wife, Crystal, 2008, nine, um, when obviously our real estate market was crushed and it was not fun to be originator or anybody, but, um, you know, kind of like restart, we, uh, obviously got back on, got back at it, started making money. And we're like, we really need to invest in real estate because obviously things were cheap and it was the time. So. We just, uh, that's how we started a real estate investor journey with, you know, just a little bit of money buying a house and then flipping that and taking that capital and buying more and just really double downing and saving money and just plowing money into um, real estate as fast as we could. Hmm. Quick question back then, can you remember like what were, some, who were some of your mentors or what was, what was some of your inspiration that, you know, helped you get through those times to actually make those decisions? Yeah, it was a tough time as you guys, if you're in the business, you know, right? So um, honestly, I was probably with the wrong team, the wrong people when I got into the business. So they, I had to quickly realize I had to be around the right people. So, and there wasn't like the YouTube and the Facebook and the stuff now where you can go online and get all this great information. So really for me, it was just kind of like um, books or, you know, just getting into real estate investing was the mindset was like rich dad, poor dad, which really isn't a real estate book. It's a mind shift. So honestly, just reading a lot of books, a lot of self-help and just trying to find anybody that can talk to you that I thought was like, you know, doing well in real estate and stuff like that. And then when I got with Crystal, um, we quickly, cause she does commercial financing. And so she ended up doing a lot of real estate investors. So 
we, I got to start doing their mortgages. Next, you know, we started becoming friends and then we started picking their brains and then, you know, they don't even know their mentors. You're just their mentors because you're watching them and you're listening to them and you're asking questions. And so I just try to surround myself with the smartest and best people I could and just learn from them. You know, what's interesting to me is, is I, what I've enjoyed most throughout my career is just really paying attention to human behavior and just understanding how people work. It's part of why, you know, I really enjoy, you know, listening to uh, Rene Rodriguez is he kind of talks about that and how it affects us. And when it comes to investing, sometimes people are just a product of, you know, maybe their parents of like, if you went through the great depression, you know, people were fearful of what if this happens. And I always have this conversation with people, especially when they think that they, they can do this. It's like, I can be an investor. I can do that. And you watch the people that do it, that have no access to information and just assume that they know how, and they lose their, they lose their ass on investing on their own, uh, whether it's property, stocks, crypto, right? Like you name it. And so, but, but the other, the other part of it is that I love talking to people about, you know, when, when we're born and we don't know anything, we still are born with two fears, the fear of falling and fear of loud noises which is kind of crazy, it, it directly correlates to just these innate senses that we have. But as humans through self-preservation, what's, well, what I find interesting is that we typically, no matter what we're faced with, instead of like Ryan says all the time, instead of saying, what if this happens? He goes, why don't, well, what if the other happens, right? The, like the, the brighter side. But we typically go to the, what if it doesn't work out? What if I lose all this money? What if, what if, what if? But just like a Monday morning quarterback, where also the people go, man, I wish I would have held on to this, or I wish I would have done that, right? So my point is, long story short, <laughs> is that how do you help somebody realize that with you know the, the the risk of investing, but why why there's specific times you should do it? Why it seems like most people are interested one way. Like how do you kind of walk them through feeling comfortable with the risk for that that uh, long term reward? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I actually put a video out on, I think it's Instagram yesterday before, and depending on the age or whatever, because, you know, I get a lot of people, you know, that are in their 20s or whatever and say, hey, Kenny, I've got $25,000, $50,000 and I want to invest. What would you invest in? And I say the six inches between your ears, it's called yourself and your brain. And so I would go, I would get into masterminds, programs and stuff and get around the right people that are making the right moves. Because when you get around a lot of people and you get around the right conversation, it's very easy to go from A to B quickly. And if you're just sitting around your parents or people that aren't doing anything and you're listening to them, it could be negative or you shouldn't do that or this because they've never had success. That's the one thing is first is make sure you're in the right rooms around the right people. It literally will change your mindset and change everything. But when you get past that, if somebody's still cautious about investing, it really comes down to like, we talked about earlier is being educated, right? And so that's why the courses are being around the right people. So a lot of people that just jump out and go buy a property or do something, because I hear people go, you know, Kenny, I just want to buy an investment property. I just want to own one. And I go, well, that's not a plan. So when I get on a conversation, I talk to somebody about buying an investment property. I have the same conversation. I said, hey, I right off the bat, I go, hey, I just got a question for you. Why do you want to buy an investment property? They're like, what? I'm like, if you can't even answer why you're going to buy it, like you should probably like, we can have a conversation, but you, even before we get pre-approved, you need to go back and have a conversation with yourself or your wife or your partners and figure out why are we doing this? Because if you don't understand the why, and then there's a game plan and stuff, you're, you're like, you just said, you're kind of just throwing shit against the wall to see if it sticks. And a lot of times it doesn't because you didn't do the work and homework up front 
to make an ex executive decision and execute on it. Right. So mm -hmm. really that's, to me, that's what I've learned is get your why, get the game plan and then execute. No, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a great point because I think so many people are just programmed because they don't have access to information. And sometimes when you don't, you, you make assumptions and you believe it to be truth. So when, you know, it's, it's, it's really no different than people that, you know, they're trying to work their way up the ladder. It's like, they just have this perception of this is my path. But when you ask them like, well, why do you really want to do that? Well, that's just the path. Right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I totally get it. Totally makes sense. And I know this is, this is going to be slightly off topic, but not quite. Cause I know you do a ton of different things, right? But of all the things that you're into, whether it's, you know, investing or your podcast or origination or whatever, what, not not monetarily, but what brings you like the most joy that you actually do of all those things? If you could only do one, which one brings you the most joy? Um, I mean, it's it, for me, it's easy. Like any way I can help people, so that's why I started the podcast or a lot of content. That's why we, you know, we're. I know we're gonna maybe mention it, but we're gonna launch a course because I like helping people. I can help them through a podcast. I can help through origination. So really, to answer your question, it's just I just have a passion for helping people because we do loans, right? And if you've done loans, you see people's financials and you see people that were just made a couple decisions in their life, buy a property or this and that. And you know, when they're 60, how that's, they paid off that 10 unit and the person that didn't like that extra $10,000 a month can make a huge difference in their life with like their lifestyle or health. They can go on vacations and you see people that didn't do anything and made the wrong decisions. They're 60 and you're like, their life sucks. They can't do anything. They got health problems. And they can't go visit their family or they're a burden to their family. So if we're not getting this education in school and, you know, if you're not watching YouTube or podcasts or getting it through courses, like you got to get it somehow. So I'm kind of like, I know there's a 401k in the stock market and all that stuff. That's great. But there's also other channels where you can make money and build wealth and learn things too. Okay. So I just have a passion for, you know, driving that into people and helping them because that's really what I love to do. That's awesome. I feel like there's kind of a really strong parallel kind of happening here. Cause if you, if we talk about the human behavior side of things, again, it's kind of like maybe a maturity thing, but you go on your personal journey. Right. And when you start to surround yourself with better people, right. In fact, Ve uh, Ryan Grant was just talking about that in Vegas, right? Like surround yourself with people who remind you more of your future than your past, but you eventually hit that point where you have to get more knowledge unless you want to fail. Right. And yeah. failing it, you get good experience from failing actually. Right. Yeah, I've been thinking of my father-in-law who, uh, sorry, if you're listening to this dad, uh, who, uh, you know, bought a property in Arizona, probably like 2008 and that did not end well. Right. I heard that story and you have to, it, unless you subscribe to the whole like click button, get mortgage, stay stupid. We like to say, you shouldn't just do it, right? Like, I feel like we have a just do it culture. Like, just do it, right? Like, you can go on Robinhood and you can buy stocks. It's like, okay, well, you probably shouldn't just drop $10,000 on stocks if you don't know what you're doing. Just like you shouldn't go half a million dollars into debt if you don't really know how to be a successful homeowner. And I feel like that's a muscle that you have to flex, right? You have yep. to invest in yourself. And if you don't actually have that experience, because it's, um, I forget who was just talking about it. It might've been in Vegas. Like, oh, it was Darren Hardy. Like the the pumping the well. So Darren Hardy and the compound effect, uh, his book, love that book. Uh, reading it again for like the fourth time, probably. Nice. The whole concept of pumping the well, right? You, got, you have to pump and work so hard to get the water to the top, but then you have to, it's easier once it's flowing. But if you let it go and you go away on you know vacation or you, you know, step away, 
unless someone was there to actually manage the pump, right? You have to start all over again. And I feel like uh, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking right now about origination teams, right? Like when they don't have scale, you can't walk away from the pump and you're afraid to walk away from the pump. And I mean, that's how we feel as professionals in this industry, right? Imagine how the consumer feels, right? Because they have no time to spend on these things, right? Like when it comes to learning to invest, investing in real estate, guess what? They're just living their life, taking care of their family, right? There's so much happening. Absolutely. There's no, there's no time for that, right? It's I wanted hard. to yeah. go ahead, Kenny. No, it's like, uh, like, you're right. It's a sacrifice, right? Like if you want to, yeah. like, if you want to get better, if you want to side hustle, you got to sacrifice. If you want to level up, you got to sacrifice. Like, you know, like we're, we're part of a, you know, mastermind or you're doing stuff. You got to fly around. You got to meet people. You got to do this. We're doing a podcast. It's a sacrifice. Yeah. You could be doing something else. Right. So it's, it's mindset, but also it's like, like, um, and my says it right. When we were here at the speech, he said, somebody in your family has to do it. Right. Yep. Somebody in the family has to make the sacrifice to be the first one to maybe like put you on the map or make the money or change the direction trajectory of your family. And that person probably sacrificed, you know, something like it's like, if you've always yeah. say like, who has, who owns these houses, who buys these big houses? I said, somebody that probably sacrificed big time. Right. And did something like that. Their family's like, you're crazy. Why are you working so hard? And not that it's healthy or not, but it's, 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 it's crazy. So even with investing, we sacrifice, because we lived way under our means and people are like, why are you guys living like this or this? And we would just plow our money to investing and feel broke from that. And then, you know, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, 10 years later, they go, holy smokes, you guys, you know, masked all this. I said, yeah, but it was, it was through sacrifice, you know? You know what? So I was, I was talking to um, a gentleman, not, not that long ago, really great guy, really great conversation. I mean, just the, there was a, a lot, a lot of like-mindedness, but anyway, he was, he was telling me like, everybody seems to do more than just one thing. And same thing. He's an originator, really successful originator, but he was telling me, he's like, you know, I own a bunch of you know properties. I own, you know, apartment complexes and he's, and I don't think he's, I think he's about the same age I am. Right. So I just asked him, I'm like, well, how did you get there? Because he was telling me how like he, he didn't, graduate from college. I mean, he's went, you know, was a high school graduate. And he's like, I was fortunate enough to meet people that were smarter than me. Right. And, and I don't know if it's a self-conscious thing where, where, where people are afraid to say, Hey, look, maybe there's somebody that knows what they're doing or to ask for help or go seek it. But, you know, one of my questions too is going to be, is that how do you educate somebody on saying, look, in order to be successful, you need to have somebody with experience. They should already know that, you know, thing one. But but thing two, I'm sure you get the, this often if you're helping people invest is, how do you keep them calm when they freak out when bad things happen in the market to be able to say, this is a long-term project. People say it about 401ks, investment projects, you name it. But we're so quick to go, I'm fearful, let me get out now, regardless of my losses. Like, how do you overcome those things? Um, probably through, hopefully through education or data. It's like, for example, right. We're dealing with first time home buyers right now that you get on a call, they go, Hey, I'm not sure if this is the right time to buy. Um, buy at the dip. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. And I go, and I go, cool. What are you scared of? Well, I was talking to my father-in-law and he said, this could be like the last crash. I said, Oh, cool. So what data did he give you? What? But he said like the last crash, what did he tell you? 
And then I go into, he goes, well, he didn't give me any data. He just said like the last time I said, okay. So I go and go, let's talk about the last time. And here's the data. And I tell him this time, here's the data. And they go, well, that's not like anything last time. I said, absolutely. It doesn't mean the market's not changing. The market's not correcting. But if you don't have the right data, you don't have the right knowledge, you're going to lack confidence, right? So if you think comparing this to 2008, that it's the same thing and don't get me wrong, you know, we don't know what exactly is going to happen with the market, but it's completely not like the last time, you know, there's more inventory, there's more shitty mortgages, right? Um, there's people that were already way overextended. I mean, the guy at McDonald's, I can tell you right now, that's a manager doesn't own four homes right now. It's a, you have to have money to put down. So I think people that are going through stuff, like, look for, I'll give you an example. When COVID hit, everybody thought nobody's going to pay rent, right? So Crystal and I manage a lot of property. We put a lot of content out. We know a lot of property owners that have way more property than us, way more money than us. Literally getting calls from people freaking out, calling me like, Kenny, what do we do? I said, well, first of all, I'm not sure you're rich, so I'm not sure why you're freaking out and you're going to be just fine. But secondly, let's take a break. Let's take a deep breath. We don't even know what's going to happen. Like, how do you know nobody's going to pay rent? Well, the media says this. You're going to listen to the media? I'm like, let's just wait. So what did I do? I waited. And then we got to the first month and between all the people I know, I started texting and this there's, you know, looking at the data and I quickly started making content saying, well, we got to the first month and out of all this data, which is millions of units, people got paid 95% of the rent. Well, what's going to be the next month, the next month. So really yeah. to calm people down, whether they're new or it doesn't matter what size, the people that are really, really good that you watch that are calm and cool and like, trust me, I'll probably lose my shit sometimes just like you guys would is they just, they've been through it more. They have more experience. They have more knowledge and data, but all that, that experience equals like confidence. So you just have to exude that into clients or people and say, look, like I've been here. Like I have people call me, go, they bought a property. They have a terrible tenant. They're freaking out. I go, well, you're getting emotional. This is a business. Let's calm down. What's the problem. Okay. Here's the three solutions. Well, I don't want to do that one. I understand you don't want to do it, but you want to get rid of the problem. Cash for keys, pay them to get out. Well, that's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous, but we can eliminate a problem quickly, right? It's otherwise let it drag on and ruin your life. So I think it's just the, the just having the knowledge experience and giving the confidence to people. Um, that's what it is. And one of the things we did is we did a deep dive of what problem we solve in our business, the lending business. And I was like, I don't, I, I do loans. I go, that's not a problem you're solving. And we realized we solve the problem of insecurity. Somebody comes to me to get a loan. I don't know if I can get approved. I don't know if I should buy this house. Like, I don't even understand. The, I don't understand anything, right? So we have to bring confidence, education, everything to make that person feel confident and not, in, you know, secure about what they're doing. That's awesome. You know, what's interesting is, is one of the sh stories I share about people when it comes to investing. And by the way, I'm not great at it. I rely on people that are smarter than me to do it for me, right? But it was, was, was interesting as I remember... Uh, Obviously, the crash of 708, most people remember it. But I had these two neighbors that were, I'm not going to say bragging about it, but they were talking about just walking away, right? Because it was upside down. And so I, I just had a conversation with them. Like, so it's worth less, just by, but what people are saying it's worth. I said, but have your circumstances changed? Are you making less money? Has your job been affected? That kind of thing. And the answers were all no. And just for context here, um, I, if I if if I remember correctly, they probably bought their homes in the high fives, low sixes. Okay. Right. And so, and, and through those, it's like no, but it's worth less. And I'm like, but you can still afford it. And if if your house was worth, 
you know, twice as much as it is, would you be selling it? I mean, because you're not moving anyway. And it was so funny just how that played with their mind, just knowing that it was, you know, by all accounts, supposedly worth less than they owed on it was insane to me. But the funny part is, so, so keep in mind that it was probably worth, you know, low fives at the time, right? You know, when, when the market went crazy last year, I mean, those same, those same homes were selling for over a million dollars. Oh yeah. You know, held on to it for, I mean, I know it's a long time. Yeah. People are going to get burned and the ones that typically get burned are the ones that had a, had a plan to sell at a specific time. And that just happens to be when the market took a dump. Like if it's somebody that's retiring and goes, Oh, I'm going to cash out. And all of a sudden their 401ks were 20% less. Like I get that. Right. Or people, if if somebody's like, Hey, I'm going to sell all my properties in 2008 and that's the date. And all of a sudden it's worth less. Like I get it. Sometimes you have to extend that time, but throughout the entire history of our, of our financial system that was set up way back in the, the what 1700s or whatever it was, this, there's always cycles, you know, but we're just, we're so afraid of the short-term pain that we can't see you know, the long-term upside. And I think that's where the re- education really comes in. Um, but anyway, I don't even yeah, know. You, you've heard, you've heard the saying, <laughs> you've heard the saying time and market, right? Like the, the biggest investors, they do cost dollar average time in market. No, don't time the market spend time in the market. So like, just like a stock or real estate, like you were just saying is, and so people call me, they go, Hey, Kenny, I'm renting and I want to buy, but what if the, what if the market goes down? It's a good, great, great question. I got to, so you rent, right? Cool. So you rent, you have your job. So let's say you just stay renting. Cool. The market goes down 20% and you're renting, right? Does that affect your life? It's like, no, I'm renting. Cool. Okay, perfect. So let's say that's high. You buy a house, 30 or fixed, you're locked in. You're good with it. Great. You don't lose your job. Nothing changed your life. The value of your house goes down 20%. And you just told me you're going to live there for 10 years. Does that change your life? Well, I guess not. Yeah, you feel a little poor, but it doesn't change your life. So if you're renting and the market goes down or you're buying, it doesn't. It only changes your life if you have to sell that property that particular time. Through death, divorce, something comes up. Like you just said, if you didn't sell it in 2008 and you held it, and you live there another 10, 12 years, like you said you would, your house is now worth a million dollars. So I just think people like it's this perspective, but like you guys were talking before, we're just watching the herd mentality. Like people were literally willing to pay $200,000 more for a million dollar house this time last year because the rates were lower, but now they're balking that it's $975,000 with the $12,000 seller credit and they're like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm like, because the herd is telling yeah, no, you right. don't do that, right? It's, so. it's always shocking to me. I mean, I, I get it because we can't make decisions in retrospect, right? Like Bitcoin, right? Like the moment that you could have bought Bitcoin, yeah. that a lot of people probably thought that was a dumb idea. Like what kind of information did you have at your fingertips that would have told you like, I should buy Bitcoin right now, right? Yeah. I probably didn't even know what Bitcoin was back then, right? Because that wasn't like, you know, uh, what's that term? Commonplace, right? Like a lot of people weren't even, it wasn't mainstream, right? Yeah. A lot of people I think really struggle, you know, this isn't taught and I won't dive down the rabbit hole of, I think our education system needs to be overhauled, but it should be like, you need to separate the emotional from the tactical, right? And that, I, I, that's something I feel like I'm getting much better at now, but you're, you just basically, you know, exemplified that Kenny, like how you coach your clients, because without even saying it, you're educating them by looking at the data, because if you want to make a decision, go ahead, make whatever decision you want, but just do it with some data, right? You could apply that to pretty much any area of your life. 
if you're going to make a decision, get some data to back up your decision and then go ahead make the decision, but at least you can do it confidently versus emotionally, right? Now, the, yeah, obviously yeah. emotions are important, but it shouldn't rule the day. Like, and that's just, I think, really common where people make emotional decisions. Yeah. And, and, and if you're buying your primary residence, I tell people like it's more emotional. You're going to live there, right? You're going to sleep there. You're going to hang out there. People come over to your family. And to me, you know, it's, it is a liability because you have to pay for it. It's not like you bought an apartment building and it pays you. Right. And so I said, it's a little bit more emotional, but, um, long-term it could turn out to be a good investment, but I tell people, I think people just, just, it's this herd mentality and you're seeing it happen now. And then there's some people that are like, no, I think this is a good time to buy. I don't care. Rates are higher. I'm getting, I saw this house. I'm getting it $200,000 less from some crazy person or a hundred thousand or less. And they're like, yeah, I'll just refi out when the rates drop. Well, how do you know the rates are going to drop? Oh, they're going to drop. Like this is people like, I just know I, I, I study the data. I watch people. I understand what's going on. I truly believe it's going to happen. They're confident in their decision. You don't even have to talk to them. They're, they've already figured it out. They're like, I'm not going to buy in that craze of, I don't care if the rates are lower. That was crazy. That's crazy. This is not crazy now. That's how they look at it, right? Sure. All perspective. No, it's great. Yeah, and I, I love it typically. And this is why I think we all really enjoy quotes is every once in a while, when you can figure out how to deliver a message in a quick quote that just makes somebody completely change their, you know, the, the thought process that they have, it's great. I'm, I'm going to hearken to the movie. Um, I'm assuming everybody here has seen Maverick, no spoilers, right? Yeah. But there was that, there was that one point and he's like, he's like, why didn't you anticipate this right when it was when they could have make believe died right and he starts talking he's like an excuse that the family will accept and all of a sudden you just see like just a quick mindset shift right i love stuff like that but is there is there anything that you've come up with that's just clear concise just not necessarily a quote but for anybody that ha that, that has that fear based on herd mentality to kind of just quickly snap them out of it and just bring it back to the path and the, the blueprint that you laid out for them? Well, I always tell people this. Um, if you look at the smartest, wealthiest real estate investors, stock market investors, business investors of the world, they don't make their money in 2020 and 2021. They make their money in a down market. So if the smartest people around you are making big moves when everybody else is scared. So it's like Warren Buffett. When, when, when there's, you know, when everybody's buying, I'm selling, when everybody's selling, I'm buying, right? Or whatever, the, whatever, like, you know, it's the opposite. So last Warren Buffett set on $50 billion, did not do anything in 19, 20, and 21. You know, he's already deployed half of that, like already. There's a reason why he was just waiting for the hype and this, and he's waiting. So I think the simple thing is, is follow the smartest people that you can around you and listen to them like all the time, consistently they're on podcasts and you guys know this, they're out there and they're like, a lot of them are consistently posting, um, like Chamath, if you know, he is an all in podcast. He was, he said, I sold all my stocks in last November, like almost all of them. And he came out in the podcast that the reason why I sold him is because Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, the two smartest business people in the world that never sell their stock, sold a, sold a big position because they figured, okay, I think things have peaked here. I'm going to take some chips off the table. And then, of course, their stock plummeted after that. Why do they know that? Because they have data and intel that we don't have. They have the access, the resources and stuff. So when you study smart people, 
and you watch them over and over and, and not what they say and what they do, like, you know, I think you, we can learn a lot. So right now, a lot of my time is spent studying the smartest people that I can find or getting in the right rooms and listening and seeing what they're doing. Am I going to follow every move they know? No, but you start realizing, man, he said that he was right, man. He said that he was right, man. He said that he was right. You're like, you know, where, where is this guy getting data from? You know? To your point, I think that requires sacrifice. That there's there's no silver bullet. There's no like, oh, I'm just gonna get rich quick, right? You're gonna continue to have to, you know, invest the time. It's always funny because, um, you know, in in our space in mortgages, sometimes I'll be talking with a loan originator who's maybe a little bit more seasoned, right? Or or somebody who just doesn't. They're like, oh, I don't want to learn this new thing, right? Like, or I don't want to do video, right? Like, I I can't figure that out, and I just laugh because I'm like, wait, when did you decide to stop learning? Like, like you learned how to use a computer, right? Like you learned like how to originate, like, so when did you decide like you're just done <laughs> like learning new things? And that's probably it, right? Is they're not willing to sacrifice anymore. And so I guess that, being that's, self-aware that's great, of that. That's a great point. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Eric. I was going to say this is a little bit off topic too, but there was this, there was this guy that- This that is a three minute this, warning, by the way. Uh, this, this betting company. And I was listening to him on the radio. He's like, everybody assumes that to be- not that I condone betting, by the way, right? Just a little disclaimer. But he's like, most people assume that, you know, you have to be really good at betting to be successful. And he's like, all you have to do is be right 51% of the time, right? And so, but when it comes to stocks, investing, whatever else, I, I, I just call that legalized gambling because it's funny. But for the most part, it's all the same, but there's a, a strategy to it once again, is, is to your point, it's having access to information. And look, how in the world can you sit there and go watch things that uh, Warren Buffett does and not go, hey, maybe I should do that instead of going, you know what? I think he's wrong. I'm just going to sit right here. <laughs> you could, and, you could, and you could do it on a small scale, right? And this is pretty interesting because, Thomas, where I was, you were saying about the education or keep learning. So I went to the 10X conference, the one Grant had in Miami, 35,000 people, right? Out mm -hmm. of all the speakers, one person said one sentence that to me was more impactful. It was this seven-year-old daughter or eight-year-old daughter at the time. She literally came out with a mic and she said, this is, I forgot the whole thing. And she says, look, I go to school every single day and I learn something new, right? And I can learn, learn, learn. Why is it that when we graduate school, graduate college, graduate high school, whatever, why do we stop learning every day? Why do we stop moving the needle? And literally the whole room was like silent looking around all staring at each other like, yeah, like that spoke to them. They're like, oh shoot, she's talking to me. <laughs> like, yeah, and it was like the most impactful thing. And um, like, who who said we should stop learning? And so many people they get out of college or high school, and they get a job, and they literally stop improving themselves. They stop learning, whether it's investing. And, and, and there's so much stuff out there at our fingertips. It's insane. Never before, never has it been this easy to learn about anything. Yeah, I think I guess what's easy to do is easy not to do. Right. And I, I felt guilty of that. So I guess we talked about that at the beginning, right? Is surround yourself with people who remind you more of your future than your past, because it is going to be a con need to be a conscious decision. You're going to have to make that sacrifice. So, yep. well, cool. I want to make sure that we end this on time. Kenny, really appreciate you making the time to come on here. Uh, and anybody who's listening, go check out the Get in the Cash Flow Game podcast with Kenny Simpson and Crystal. And uh, really appreciate you coming out, Kenny. Uh, Eric, any final thoughts? Uh, this isn't really a thought. It's just a comment. It's something that blew my mind this morning. In case anybody didn't know, Amazon spent is spending a billion dollars a year for the next 11 years. 
for the rights to Thursday night football, NFL, right? And I want to put this in context cool. for everybody. There are only 15 Thursday night football games in a football season. So if you think about that, they're paying $67 million per game for the next 11 years. Those are two very successful companies. Just sharing. Oh, no, okay. again, yeah. I, well, I appreciate you guys having um, um, me on. Great conversation. And uh, I don't know if we solved all the world's problems, but maybe we solved some. I'm sure somebody, <laughs> somebody is going to take this and it's going to make a significant impact in their life. So I uh, really appreciate you again, Kenny, Eric. And for everyone listening, give this a like, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next one. Take Thanks, care, guys. Everybody.